0: As the hurly-burly of political life returns to Washington, D.C., many of you may be wondering, what's Hillary Clinton up to? How is she occupying her time now that the election is over and she's lost to a rank amateur with funny orange hair who said enough outrageous things to end the careers of 15 other politicians, but instead only ended her career sending her into a well-deserved oblivion that left her questioning why she had allowed her husband to cheat on her and publicly humiliate her all those years because she thought her marriage was her best path to the White House, when it turned out only to be her best path to being cheated on and humiliated and then kicked to the curb like the old crumpled tin can, which she's actually come to resemble, if you look at her from just the right angle, so that you might find yourself suddenly saying, hey, wait. That's not a crumpled old tin can. That's just what Hillary Clinton looks like now that she's been rejected by the nation whose public offices she ruthlessly peddled in exchange for cash. Wait, I forgot the subject. Oh, yeah, many of you may be wondering, what's Hillary Clinton doing now? Okay, maybe not many of you, but some of you, a few of you. Okay, no one's wondering, but the point is, I think as human beings, we can all open our hearts to Hillary and sympathize with the fact that it's painful when your career ends in a ruinous shambles that stands as a rebuke not just to your political philosophy, but to your behavior, your personality, and your painfully obvious greed and hunger for power, not to mention your fashion sense and your hideous, screeching voice. And you, the public, might want to know how a person recovers from such a setback and learns to live again in hope and joy before ultimately dying. Dying in bitterness and obscurity. Well, you'll be happy to know that Hillary is beginning to break out of the initial depression that caused her to lock herself in the cramped tower room of her gothic Chappaqua mansion and scream Donald Trump's name to the indifferent heavens at the top of her lungs. She now gets out and regularly takes brisk walks through the woods, along with three men in white suits who routinely take the matches and gasoline cans away from her. She sometimes enjoys a day trip to New York City and often visits Trump Tower, where she's fondly known as the bag lady. <clears throat> and of course, she enjoys spending quiet time with family and says she looks forward to teaching her granddaughter that there's nothing a girl can accomplish if she allows powerful men to walk all over her and then sells her soul for every opportunity to seize cash and position and then goes down in metaphorical flames. So all in all, I think I can reassure you that Hillary Clinton is going to be okay. And while, yes, she may be depressed to realize she'll never be running for office again, she at least knows she can serve her country by never running for office again. Trigger warning I'm Andrew Clavin, and this <laughs> is The Andrew Clavin Show. <laughs> I the hunky dunky. Life is tickety boo. Birds are winging, also singing hunky dunky dinky ship shaped dipsy-topsy, the world is a bit in. It's a wonderful day. Hurrah hooray! It makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah I hope nobody laughed at that opening. That was just cruel. It was just a cruel thing. You shouldn't laugh and make me uh, and encourage me to say nasty things. So we now have, courtesy of the talented Shapiro, Rebecca, we now have the days left in office, but who's counting time <laughs> clock? <laughs> How long will Obama have? What is it? 14 days, 11 hours, 24 minutes, 47 seconds, right? Is that what it is? The, the, wait, did the clock stop? It stopped. my God, don't don't draw this out. (laughs) I I hope nothing went wrong. He's still leaving, right? right? All right. Well, it's going to be be a little bit of an uncertain time as we transition power, and that's why we want to point you to the fact that your savings, you want to make your savings secure. You want to make sure your money is secure. The Federal Reserve has been printing money like it's going out of business, so there's going to be some inflation coming away, and that's going to eat away at your savings, too. And that's why this is the perfect time to secure your hard-earned money by moving into precious metals. And the company you want to go to is Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold sells physical precious metals for your own possession and will ship the metals right to your front door. And right now, thanks to a little-known IRS tax law, you can even move your IRA or eligible 401k into an IRA-backed Buy physical gold and silver. It's perfect for those who want to ensure that the money you store it away is not going to lose its value, and it's protected from inflation and any more stock market crashes, which of course can come upon us at any time. Birch Gold Group has a long-standing track record of continued success with thousands of satisfied clients, countless five-star reviews, and an A+ rating with the Better Business Bureau. Contact Birch Gold Group now to request a free information kit on physical precious, precious metals. It's a comprehensive 16-page kit and tells you how gold and silver can protect your savings and how you can legally move your IRA and 401k out of risky stocks and bonds in, into a precious metals IRA. To get your no-cost, no-obligation kit, go to www.birchgold.com slash Andrew. Put in that slash Andrew so they know I sent you. It's www slash andrew good stuff all right we're going to be talking about this is going to, this is going to be an incredibly fun show because we're going to be talking about the narrative We've got some grim stuff I'm going to deal with that Chicago thing we can't let it go by but but there's some really funny stuff because what's happening now? is the fight on Capitol Hill, which is, of course, immediately, suddenly it turns out that Donald Trump was serious. And I think that, you know, that he's actually means to repeal and replace Obamacare, actually means to cut taxes, actually means to cut regulations. And I think part of this, by the way, is due to the fact that the left went so insane with hatred for him, that he now knows who his friends are. He now knows that if he loses If he loses the base, he got nobody because they are never going to love him. And he's not a dumb man. He knows they're never going to love him. So here's what's happening. They're trying to—they went to work immediately— this is about, this is about the legacy of Barack Obama, okay? Because part of the legacy of Barack Obama was he couldn't get anything done the right way. He could, he was a bad president. He was bad at being president. So he had to do everything by trickery and by higgery-jiggery, by, what do they call it, hookery-pokeries, whatever they, they call it. And, and, and one of the things he did was he stuffed a lot of Obamacare down people's throats with this budget reconciliation process that doesn't require 60 votes, it only requires a majority. Now they can get rid of it the same way. So The fight has become a fight over the narrative. Who who are you going to believe? them, you know, the Democrats or the Republicans, us or your lion eyes. So Donald Trump has taken to Twitter his favorite way of, of controlling the narrative, The narrative, and he says the Democrats led by head clown Chuck Schumer, which is actually a perfect name for Chuck Schumer. He is the head clown. They, The Democrats know how bad Obamacare is and what a mess they are in. Instead of working to fix it, they do the typical political thing and blame. The fact is Obamacare was a lie from the beginning. Keep your doctor, keep your plan. It is time for Republicans and Democrats to get together and come up with a health care plan that really works, much less expensive, and far better. And while President-elect Donald Trump, who Schumer called the president yesterday, President Obama went to Capitol Hill, and he said this to uh, lawmakers. (laughs) Because he's a lame duck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They they said that he went in and told the Democrat congressional leaders, Senate leaders— Uh, basically gave him a cheerleading speech, but didn't really, there was nothing he could say because he left them in this position, uh, not just him, they left themselves in this position where they just need a majority and they have the majority. So uh, now Chuck Schumer, Chief Clown Chuck Schumer comes out, and this is his remarks after the the meeting.
1: We'd be derelict in our responsibility. The Republican plan to cut health care wouldn't make America great again It would make America sick again and lead to chaos instead of affordable care. Republicans would create chaos in the health care system because they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. They have no idea what to put in place of the Affordable Care Act. For years they've talked about repeal, but for five years now they have had nothing to put in its place. It all starts with the ACA. As we all know, the ACA is a delicate balance. President-elect Trump even expressed support for the three most popular parts of the law, pre-existing conditions, allowing young people to stay on their parents' insurance until age 26, equal treatment for women. But Republicans will soon learn that you can't keep the good parts of the ACA and remove the rest of the law and still have it work.
0: So this is their talking point, their slogan. They've got a little sign that comes that says "Make America Sick Again," but that was the slogan of the rocker Alice Cooper when he had he ran for. Pre- Does anybody remember he ran for president? Here he is running for president in 2016. There's the "Make America Sick Again" thing, and here is his act where he pulled out he re pulled out this old 1970s song he had uh, elected, and here he is. I'm
2: tough, I'm good, I'm your choice.
0: So And his T-shirt says, make America sick again. So that's the Democrats are now selling it. And so, and so this is them seizing, trying to seize the moment. Remember, you know, Ross Douthat wrote about this. Ross Douthat, uh, the columnist in the New York Times, a former newspaper, um, wrote a, writes a column every year about what he got wrong. And he says what he got wrong when he said that Trump wouldn't be elected was not that he misjudged Trump because he had already misjudged Trump and realized he'd made a mistake and that he was a talented guy. But what he got wrong was he thought that the opposition was stronger, he thought the conservatives on the Republican side were stronger, and he thought that the Democrats were better at selling their fear-mongering narrative. But the question is, and I asked this yesterday about Obama, it's true about the Democrats in general, are they really good at spreading fear, or is it just that the media has been so monopolized by them up till now, and and they have—the media has been undermined, and Trump crushed them. So here's, listen to Nancy Pelosi selling her her side of this. If you're a senior, you know Medicaid, almost half of Medicaid is about long-term health care. You want grandma living in the guest room? You, You repeal the Affordable Care Act. You go along with, this is part of an initiative that is part of the Ryan budget that says we're going to voucherize Medicare, we're going to block grant Medicaid. So this has a a tremendous assault uh, on the health and health security and the financial security that goes with what the Affordable Care Act has done for the American people. And so make America sick again? Is that what the Republicans want to do? When, when Nancy Pelosi says you want grandma living in the guest room, it's like a personal threat. <laughs> you know, you look at her and you think, like, I'm going to come home and Nancy Pelosi is going to be sitting in my guest room. If you repeal a I'm coming to live at your house. But here's the thing. In 2014, for the first time in more than 130 years, adults ages 18 to 34 were slightly more likely to be living in their parents' home than they were to be living with a spouse or partner in their own household. First time in 130 years. It's fueled primarily by the dramatic drop in the share of young Americans who are choosing to settle down romantically before age 35. Dating back to 1880, the most common living arrangement among young adults has been living with a romantic partner, whether a spouse or significant other. This type of arrangement peaked around 1960. So who's to blame for this? Who's to blame for people living in each other's houses, grandma living in your guest house, your kid at 35? At 35 living at home? I mean, who passed the Affordable Care Act, which says Obamacare, which says I have to keep my kid on my insurance until he's 26? Until he's 26? A 26-year-old is an adult. He should have his own insurance. He should get a job. He should get a job. He should have a kid. He needs to support the kid. And he should be making, making money. They're the people who infantilize. America. And now they're selling us this. They're threatening us with this. And the thing is, this is, again, all Obama, this thing, he let them, he let Pelosi write this bill, and they, like, we have to pass it to find out what's in it. He let them gut the process. This is, remember, the the other thing they're going to face now is they're going to face these appointments. And remember the nuclear option, which is Harry Reid said, uh, you know, made it so that most appointments, the, the Cabinet appointments can now be approved by a simple majority, not needing 60 votes. This is Obama approving
3: of that back in the day. This is when they did this. I realize that neither party uh, has been blameless for these tactics. Uh, They've developed over years, and it seems as if they've continually uh, escalated. But today's pattern of obstruction, it just isn't normal. It's not what our founders envisioned. A deliberate and determined effort to obstruct everything, no matter what the merits, just to refight the results of an election is not normal. And for the sake of future generations, we can't let it become normal. So uh, I support the step a majority of senators today took to change the way that Washington is doing business, more specifically the way the Senate does business. Uh, What a majority of senators determined uh, by Senate rule is that they would restore the long-standing tradition of considering judicial and public service nominations on a more routine basis.
0: Okay, okay, that's what he said then, this is what he says now.
1: Because he's a lame duck. (laughs) All right, but here's what Schumer says now about this we'd be derelict in our responsibility to the American people if we just let let's do all of these in a week and not ask them any tough questions. But
2: but your hands are tied because in the last Congress your Democratic
3: leadership, you were a part of it, changed the rules so that you only need 51 votes to confirm a nominee, not 60, and therefore
1: Look, you're living by your rules. Was that a mistake in retrospect? I argued against it at the time. I said both for Supreme Court and in Cabinet should be 60. Because on such important positions, there should be some degree of bipartisanship. I won on Supreme Court, lost on Cabinet. But it's what we have to live with now.
0: Not, not the greatest situation when you're in the minority. Wish it hadn't happened.
2: You wish it hadn't happened?
0: Yep. Okay, so now we're going to take a look at the meaning of all this, and we're going to deal with the Chicago crime. Right after the break, we've got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube. Come on over to the dailywire.com and listen to the rest or subscribe, and you could watch the whole thing right on the site. Okay, so in Chicago, this grim, horrible crime, a mentally disturbed, we don't know, I don't know exactly how, a mentally disabled young man uh, taken hostage by four uh, blacks, a white man taken hostage by four blacks, tortured. The torture, torture streamed on Facebook Live. They forced him to scream, you know, "F Donald Trump, F white people." Uh, just an absolute, absolute travesty. I mean, just a terrible, terrible crime. And obviously being underplayed by the media. Here's just a, a taste. I'm not going to show the video of the. You can get, still get the video of the torture if that uh, floats your boat. But the, but I just want to show uh, just a brief. Example of the mainstream media's reaction to this. This is Don Lemon answering the commentator.
2: You just try to wrap your head around evil. That's what this is. It's evil. It's it's brutality. It's man's inhumanity to man. And um,
0: for- I don't think it's evil.
1: I, I I don't think it's evil. I think these are young people, and I think they have bad
0: home training. See, when a guy says that, there ought to be a trap door underneath him, and he ought to disappear. It's like Officer Krupke, you know. We're we're we're. Uh, who were, were badly raised i mean of course it's evil of course it's evil they kidnapped they kidnapped tied up gagged a mentally disabled man and tortured him screaming this hatefulness on him and if, and and look here here's the thing if, if If we played Cheryl Atkinson, the great uh, investigative reporter who had to leave CBS because they wouldn't run her stories on Obama, on Obama's corruption, if we play her game, the substitution game, and say a black man, a black mentally disabled man, is tortured by four white guys and forced to scream, screw Obama, you know, we know exactly how this would be played. The marches and the riots and the people people ginning up the riots on CNN and Don Lemon ginning up the riots on CNN— this media—this media was everything they had. This media was everything the Democrats had. We can see now, they're incompetence. They're fools. they change changed the rules without thinking, oh, one day we're going to lose, and that's going to back up on us. They pass a million-page health care law and expect it to just run well. You know, the thing about—the thing about the Obamacare is Obamacare is running well if what you wanna do is take money from working people and give it to non-working people to pay for their insurance. That's what they meant it to do. People don't like that. People don't think that's a good idea. Of course it's not a good idea. So this this narrative that, they, that the left has succeeded in establishing in America that there's racism, that blacks' uh, problems are due to racism, that every white cop, look, the four black guys who tortured this kid, they're not black people. That's you know, any they're not black people any more than Shaquille O'Neal or Thomas Sowell are black people. They're individuals. They're individuals in the same way that a white guy who commits a crime against a black guy is not white people. It's the whole narrative is wrong. The whole racist, stupid narrative they've been selling us is wrong. And the only reason it's been so successful is because they own the media, and the media has now lost. Everything they have lost all their credence, so that's why you see this race to control the narrative. And here, and who is the first person out there to always try and uh, control the narrative? Our old friends, celebrities. Here they are yet again with another one of these incredible videos. This one telling the Democrats in Congress they've got to resist Donald
1: Trump. Dear members of Congress
4: Dear members of Congress Dear members of Congress Dear members of Congress I'm mad Flabbergasted Furious
3: Concerned for my children I'm worried for everyone The majority of Americans, regardless of who they voted for,
4: did not vote for racism, for sexism, or for xenophobia. And yet Donald Trump
1: won. And since he won, hate crimes are rising. Women have been attacked in his name. People of color attacked in his name. You represent us in Congress. You are
4: our last line of defense.
1: So here's what we ask of our elected officials. No, here's what we demand to the extent that Trump pursues racist, sexist, anti-immigrant, anti-worker, anti-Muslim, anti-Semitic, anti-environmental policies. We demand that you vigorously oppose him. We demand
4: that you block nominees who threaten the rights of women, the LGBT community, people of color, immigrants, and the poor. And we want you to know that we are with you. As long as you do that stuff, we won't remain silent. We
1: won't remain silent. We
4: won't remain
1: silent. We'll work harder
4: to mobilize our votes. And our communities. But we
2: need you. And we expect you to have our backs.
1: To protect our civil liberties and to use your congressional powers. To obstruct.
2: To obstruct.
1: Obstruct. Obstruct. Defeat. Anything. 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 Anything that violates our core values
0: as diverse Americans. See celebrities have to repeat their words over and over again for the rest of us because we don't get it the first time, you know? What a bunch of self-important D-bags, you know? What the the hell, you know? I mean, like, you know, we'll be with you. We will speak out because we are actors who pretend to be other people using the words that somebody else wrote. That's why we're here. Here's Red Eye's response. Red Eye has an excellent response. Dear celebrities. Dear celebrities.
2: (laughs) Dear celebrities
1: stop 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 making these videos no one asked you to make them
0: no one
1: and very few people seem to like them yet you keep making them
2: and most importantly
1: they don't seem to help whether we agree with you or not or not or not your videos don't change our minds in fact they make us want to do the opposite of what you say so for your own sake and ours stop 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 Stop. signed
3: Everybody in the entire world.
1: (laughs) Or
0: not, or not, or not. You know, the thing about this is, is these, this thing, you know, this is exactly why so many people found Donald Trump appealing, even when people like me thought he was being a bully or thought he was being boorish. So many people found him appealing because he ran, ran into this rotten structure of media lies And shattered it. The media has lost everything. They have lost all their credibility. Nobody cares what CNN says. Nobody cares whether Don Lemon thinks it's evil to, to torment, a, a you know, a mentally disabled guy. Nobody cares whether—nobody cares whether he thinks it's racist. Of course it's racist. Of course it's a hate crime. I mean, I, you know, I don't think there should be such things as hate crimes. I think crime—I don't care why the guy did it. I, I really don't care why he did it. I think he should be, you know, punished for, for doing it, for what he did. I don't care if he hates me. I don't care if he hates anybody. He can walk around hating people all he wants. I'm not— I'm I'm not trying to legislate his mental state. You know, I just think when, they, when you kidnap somebody, of course it's evil when you do it for, because he's a white man and have him scream, you know, F white people. There's no explaining that away. You know, it has just completely undermined them. The, the celebrities, that, that's become a joke. I mean, this thing has become a joke. This is the third one, isn't it? This is the third one. You know, does anybody? You know, at what point? I, you know, I worked with Sally Fields. She was a lovely, lovely woman. But at what point did she wake up and think, if they only hear from the flying nun, you know, it's gonna, it's, that's gonna change everything? At what moment does that shift come into your mind? You know, Key and Peel, I think they're the funniest people on earth. I think they are so. F- but at what moment does he wake up and think, hmm, I'm a funny guy. Maybe if I say what the Senate should do, the Senate. You know, where, where does that happen? And so you've lost completely, we've completely lost the authoritative word of the news. You know, talk about fake news. See, here, here's the thing. The... This is the this is the way they lie. This is the way, the the Chicago thing, this is the way they lie. The New York Times doesn't usually run stories that are untrue. I mean, you, you read a story in the New York Times, it's, it may be so slanted as to be a lie, but it, you can guess that it probably happened. It's not like Pizzagate. A lot of you guys were yelling at me, oh, Pizzagate is real. Pizzagate was crap. You know, Pizzagate was a stupid little conspiracy theory that was made out, out of nothing, with no proof, no nothing. You know, when does Hillary Clinton have time to be running, like, satanic child sex rings? You know, it was a busy woman, you know? <laughs> like that's, that's not what's happening. That's that's garbage. You don't read that stuff so often in the New York Times. This is the way they lie. They lie by what they don't say. They lie by what they don't report. They lie by what they leave out and by the way they skew the news that they do report and the way they cr- construct a narrative. If a white cop shoots a black guy, it's a racial incident. But if four black people torture a white guy, uh, nah, not so much, not so much, and it's buried. You know, Dylan Roof is like, there's two articles in, in the Times front page, I Think uh, you know? I'm looking at it online, so I'm not sure it is their uh, dead tree front page. But there are two articles on the Dylan Roof trial. Yeah, that's an important trial. The guy's a racist dirtbag, and he did a terrible thing. And you know, I, I pretty much, I'm pretty sure, he's going to get exactly what he deserves. But this is also, this should be the lead story today. This is a lead story. So now, with these guys gone, the problem for the rest of us is we're left with crazy, okay? We're left with the crazy commentators. And they're, they're on both sides. I mean, I keep playing Keith Olbermann because he makes me laugh so hard. Take a look at Keith's latest. We all know why Donald Trump
4: is doing this. He has an ego that would make Napoleon Blanche and a power lust that would make Stalin back off. His pimp, Vladimir Putin, has something on him. He's crazy, he sees stuff or best case scenario, he just exploits everyone and everything, he is the parent to whom the kid shouts out in the middle of the night crying, there are monsters under my bed. And he says, you are correct, there are monsters and only I can save you from the monsters, but first turn over your allowance and sign this non-disclosure agreement and don't ever think or say or tell anybody that in fact I am the monster. Trump, by now, we get Trump. But why are the banana Republicans, who as recently as two months ago had showed brief, ever fading signs of standing up to Trump, why are they doing this? Why are they becoming the Vichy government, which sold out France during the Nazi occupation? Why are they lining up to become Quislings, collaborating with the Germans and helping kill their fellow
0: Norwegians? Why are they applauding a Russian attack on America? How did, how did we become Norwegians? I, like, I lost that metaphor. I, like, the, he's like the parent who says, yes, there are monsters under your bed and then you have to pay me your allowance. What parent is that? Who is that? Who is, that? is that Keith's parent? Like, hey, Daddy used to do that to me all the time. <laughs> so, so he's Stalin. He's Hitler. He's all you know. I mean, this is this is the and and listen, folks. There are people watching this stuff and nodding. And I hate to say this because I know a lot of you are going to get on my case for this. Alex Jones is the same guy on the other side. Here's Alex Jones responding. This is that Infowars guy responding to Keith Olbermann.
2: You're in the cult, bro. You're the threat to America. You are who we're at war with, you traitorous little rat. Woo! What a piece of filth. This is war. You bet it's war. And it's the American people against you, you globalist outlier. We're no longer a sovereign nation under globalism, under new world order, getting rid of our borders, transferring our power to TPP. Obama two months ago telling the UN we're getting rid of U.S. sovereignty. We're restoring our republic. We are going to be a sovereign nation again, dirtbag. We're going to bring our jobs back. We're going to restore the Second Amendment, dirtbag. We're going to restore the borders, traitor, enemy, bloodsucker, parasite, arrogant, Pseudo-intellectual know-it-all with your pseudo-intellectual hair and your pseudo-intellectual glasses and your pseudo-intellectual little chicken neck that thinks it's better than me and my family and others that built this damn thing? We're gonna metaphorically stomp your (laughs) ass in the ground, you little communist
0: piece of trash! I, I don't know, the metaphorically kind of dulls the attack a little bit. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. And this guy, you know, I mean, Trump is... Listen, I, I have not... This this show has not sat around attacking Donald Trump over every little thing, but he, he does kind of you know participate in this kind of baloney you know i mean it's baloney this is nothing this is like an angry little man with a new world order give me a break give me a break come on they've been selling that stuff since the since the middle ages since the really since medieval times they've been selling this stuff yeah. And, and when it comes up, say, in this Russian uh, – take this Russian hack thing. Obama is selling this Russian hack big, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, after 18 months – it was revealed 18 months ago – he's doing it to tie up Donald Trump in this uh, – in involve Donald Trump in the media in this retaliation against Russia do we have to deal with russia if they're hacking our stuff? yes we do. that's that's for sure. but that has nothing to do with anything that has to be done now. now is the time for donald trump to put his agenda into play and obama's trying to distract him. And this is what obama had to say about it. do we have that cut? <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> he's a lame duck. Uh, that's, why, that's why he talks like that, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, suddenly suddenly I'm hearing people on the right, uh, you know, supporting Julian Assange and saying Putin's not so bad and all. You know, it is possible for both sides to be wrong. And the way to stay sane, I mean, Julian Assange is a terrible little man, terrible anti-American little man, and who endangered good people's lives with his reckless release of information. And, you know, when he came out, Sean Hannity had him on the air and asked him, uh, did you get this information from the Russians? Did you get the DNC thing from the Russians? so we have that cut play then? Yeah.
1: Can you say to the American people, unequivocally, that you did not get this information about the DNC, John Podesta's emails? Can you tell the American people a 1,000% you did not get it from Russia or yes. anybody associated with Russia?
3: We, we can say, um, we have said uh, repeatedly, Uh, Over the last two months uh, that our source uh, is not the Russian government uh, and it is not a state party. So, So
0: then Hannity comes out and says he believes him and Trump comes out and quotes him. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. He said our source. You know what does that mean? I mean, you know, we—it's we, easy for for a Russian spy to hand me something and me to hand it to Julian Assange and Assange to say it was not a state actor. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The thing is, the thing is, we can't make America great again without the values that made it great in the first place. And you're not going to find those values by following any man, any man, Donald Trump anybody it's got to be you it's got to come from you you got to use your common sense you got to stay cool you got to look at the things and look for the facts instead of a bunch of rumors that snowball in on themselves and become this story without anybody backing it up listen you're being lied to the mainstream media is lying to you but they're lying to you by the things by the slant they put on things by the stories they don't report by the narrative they plaster on things don't let them drive you nuts. Don't let them drive you nuts, because this is going to be this is going to be a very fun administration. We're going to have a lot of victories in this administration. I really do believe that. But don't let them drive you nuts. <laughs> you know? Because if we go crazy, if the voice of sanity goes off, there's nobody left t- talking. There's nobody there's no sane person left talking if we go nuts. Okay? That's that's the only thing I want to say about it. I don't want to jump down Trump's throat. I just want to say that if we go crazy, there's no sane voices left. So a brief uh, note on the culture first of all if you look if you get the wall street journal uh, over the holiday i had a piece in the wall street journal making the argument about narrative again about how the narrative that has been sold to us is a, an anti god narrative a not narrative of secularism and that that narrative doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold water. I don't say there's a proof of God. I don't say anything like this. Today in the Wall Street Journal, the letters column is like, I don't know how many people, four or five people attacking me for uh, arguing f- that I had proved the existence of God or something. I mean, it's, it's amazing how atheists, atheists go nuts. But when the minute they hear that narrative, that atheist narrative being pulled away from them and pulled away from them with reasoned arguments, which I tried to do, they get very, very upset because, of course, if there is a God, then the state is not all-powerful. If there's a God, then the individual is ennobled and has natural rights and rights that he's been given by his creator that the government can has no business uh, getting in the way of. They don't want that argument being pushed, and so they race to shut it up. By the way, just mentioning, the great good thing, my memoir about my conversion is on sale again on Kindle. Nobody told me about this, but I just happened to notice it was on sale on Kindle for 2.99. So if you didn't get it for Christmas for some Incomprehensible reason. Uh, yeah, you can you can pick it up now. All right, we always like to end with some music. Sarah Jaros is this new voice of folk music. Man, oh man, she's really good. Plays a beautiful folk guitar, uh, and here she is playing Nobel Prize winner Bob Dylan's fantastic Nobel Prize winning song, uh, "Ring Them Bells." I'm Andrew Clavin. This is the Andrew Clavin Show. Short week, but we will be back on Monday. Hunker down for the Clavinless weekend. Survivors gather here.
5: Ring them bells, ye heathen From the city that dreams Ring them bells from the sanctuaries Cross the valleys and streams For deep in the world in the world's on its side And time is running backwards And so is the bride Ring them bells, St. Peter Where the four winds We'll know. For it's rush hour now, on the wheel and the plow, and the sun is going down upon the sacred cow. Ring them bells, sweet Martha, for the poor man's son. Ring them bells, so the world will know that our God is one. For the shepherd is a. Where the willows weep And the mountains are filled with lost sheep Ring them bells For the blind and the deaf